Hey family, this is James Taylor, lead pastor of the Heavenly Vision Church, where it is our vision to reach, save, strengthen, and mature. I'm glad you could tune in to this podcast today. I pray that the word will be a blessing to you and help you move towards God's will. I want to talk to you on the subject of balancing acts. Balancing acts. And I want to talk to you from a particular perspective because many times we consider balance as something that we, uh, that we find. Uh, we will find balance. But the reality is balance is not something you find. You, it, there, it's not in a location. <laughs> you keep looking for balance, you're going to keep looking for the rest of your life. Balance is not something we find. Balance is something that we deliberately create. It is something that we deliberately create. So can we talk about balance for the next couple of weeks? Um, I want to start this week uh, as it relates to balancing acts. There are th- certain things that we need to do in order to produce balance. And one of the first things that we need to do in order to produce balance is to find focus. We need to find focus. And so we're going to talk through this uh, today. Um, I, I, I pray you al- allow me the grace uh, to be a bit philosophical uh, simply because I, I want to try to engage our minds and, and engage our psyches into this concept so that we can kind of break some of the misnomers or break some of the, uh, the, the stereotypes that we have concerning balance in life. Is that okay? All right. So here's my first bold statement. The Western illusion of balance, it is eroding. It's, it's, it's almost gone, y'all. This Western illusion that we have of balance is eroding. Why? Because it calls for the compartmentalization of self. The Western illusion of balance is eroding because it calls for the compartmentalization of self. We are made to believe that work must be separate from home. Church must be separate from world. Private must be separate from public. And so forth and so on. And even with, when we got to the advent of social media, uh, which gives the veneer of merging from, uh, from one's self, uh, even that has succumbed to the cultural necessity of presenting an image, <laughs> not, not, not the true self, but presenting an image that is se- separate from one's truest reality. You know it's true because you've taken 18 selfies before you post the right one. Talk back to me. Come on. How many selfies you actually take and how many filters you actually put before you actually post one? Because even, even in social media, we're, we, we, have, we have succumbed to the cultural necessity of presenting an idea or an image that is actually separate from one's truest reality. You know, we... <laughs> You know, we, 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 we find it difficult to really post the, the real us, the unfiltered us, the unmade up us, the, the, the un, uh, you know, beat us, the, the, the us that doesn't have studio lighting, the us without, without the good bokeh and the blur out of the background. And so instead of finding true balance, we are merely mer- managing are juggling various personas and conflicting schedules to the point of self-exacerbation. We, we, we have different personas. Come on, you got a work voice. 
talk back to me and a, a home voice. You know, you got, you got a way that, that, that you do things here, which is opposed to the way you do things there. We, we have to balance these things. And then we got schedules, and, and we got all these things that we are juggling, and really all it causes us to do is to exacerbate ourselves. This is why even when we go on vacation, when we get back, we need a vacation from vacation. Like, why? Because it's so much work. All of this stuff that culture presents to us that you got to be like this and you got to be on and you got, I've been on, you got to be on and you got to, you know, and, and, and everything has to be a certain way. But we just, we just end up being exacerbated. We just tired. Yeah. There's an image I want to show you, an image I want to show you, and, and the creative team, they'll post it up on social media after, later, uh, but put, 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 the, put the image up there. There's a man on a ball juggling. He's juggling, but he's also trying to maintain his balance on a ball. And this is actually what we look like on a day-to-day -day basis. There's work. That's one ball. Then there's family. That's another ball. Then there's friends, because that's, that's a whole other ball. Uh, and then there's church. That's a ball. And then the ball that we're standing underneath is our personal lives. And we've been taught that we got to keep all of these separate. You know, we got to have me time. We got to make time for church. We got to make time for work. We got to make time for family. We got to make time for friends. And everybody has to have their sphere, their space. And, and we end up losing ourselves trying to juggle it all. And the moment we, watch this, the moment one thing falls, everything falls. But that's false. According to the scripture, that is not what God intended for us. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 1 says that false balance is an abomination to the Lord. Wow. It's in the word. It's in the word. But a just weight is his delight. Don't miss this. God says, I hate false balance. God says, I can't stand them acting like they got it all together when they really don't. God says, I wish they'd just be real. I can, he, he said a false, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. So while we may act like we got it all together, Many of us are being displeasing to the Lord and we ain't even know it. We stopped doing all the quote-unquote bad things that we used to do. And now we're trying to hold up all of these personas. And we're compartmentalizing ourselves consistently. And all we're doing is getting ourselves to the place of complete exacerbation. And we're not even pleasing God. So not only, are, watch this, not only are the people around you just appeased, you're unsettled, and God's not happy. So the two most important realms of your life are going unsatisfied while everybody else around you are appeased as long as you keep the balls up. Am I talking to anybody in here? You're trying to juggle it all, and they're good with you until you say no. 
until you drop the ball this Tuesday. And then they pissed off at you. And you and, and, and then you don't find any time for yourself. And so you 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 dying, and God looking at you like, put your hands down. I don't hear that song. Because you ain't gonna do but go back outside and start cussing at people and yelling and screaming and you ain't got no peace at your house. You won't let me in there. Do you want to sing to me here? A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. Now, while I do believe in good acumen and appropriateness, I do believe in good acumen. I do believe that we need to, we need to carry ourselves in an appropriate way and we need to have good business acumen. I believe in that. I believe in appropriateness. But I disagree with the acquiesce to culture at the expense of one's descent from their innate essence. I'm going to say this one more time. I told you to be a little bit philosophical for a minute. We're going to get there. Uh, just, uh, just give me, give me a Father's Day uh, pass, okay? Um, it, this is it's all y'all, y'all Keon right now. If you like that, like Robert F. Smith said, son, Dad. I believe in being appropriate, but I do not believe that we should acquiesce to a cultural standard at the expense of us taking a descent from who we really are on the inside. Not, not the veneer of who we want people to think we are, but the true essence of us. Every time we go into a circle and we have to, and we have to, we have to re- reduce ourselves to fit in the circle, that's not your circle. How, 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 many spaces have you, how many spaces have you had to dumb yourself down to, to naggle your way into? Hi, how you doing? You talking like you ratchet when you really got an education, but you know he's not that. And so you don't want to challenge his manhood. So you're like, go ahead, daddy. Yeah. How many times have you, have, have you, have you, have you had to d- take a descent and acquiesce a, a, away from the intellectual man that you are and you start putting your pants a certain way? And you start talking like, yeah, like, like. You know, like, like you the fourth Migo or something. When your mama and your daddy got a degree. Come on, you, you, live, you live in a gated community. Why, how you a thug? Like, what's you? But you descend from yourself. You, you acquiesce to the culture that is around you. And you on that ball looking foolish. That ain't balance. That's, that's not balance. That, that, that ain't it. That ain't it. Let me, y- 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 I need proof. I need proof. I need proof. Go to Adam. Adam. You know, the first guy. God, listen to me. God builds into this guy universal dominion. He is literally the image of God. The imago Dei in the Latin. He is literally, if, if, if you look at Adam and look at God, it is a reflection. He is the bearer of the image of God. He has all power and dominion. God gives Adam the authority. What do you want to call that? I'll call it a crocodile. That's what it'll be. What do you want to call this? I'll call it a cow. 
Okay, that's what it'll be. This man has dominion. This man is so boss that God puts him to sleep, takes a rib out of him, and makes a whole woman out of his rib. Tell a man next to you, you boss, you boss, you, you are boss, you are boss, you are boss, amen, you are boss. And if you sit next to the right man, you can call him daddy too, I mean, that's, it's okay, amen, amen. But listen, here's, here, here's the, yeah, be careful, be careful, wait till later, give me about 20 more minutes. Um, Adam has all of this, right, all of that. All of that that we feel, all that bravado that just entered the room that second ago, right? All of that, he has all of this. All of this. And when he walks up on Eve, eating the fruit, he descends in himself. You got dominion over everything. And because she doing something foul, you descend Okay, you know, okay, girl, I'll. And he eats of the apple. And then after that, false self-actualization enters the earth. Self-consciousness enters the earth. And then they begin to compartmentalize their life. What do they do? Oh, that's nasty, girl. Ooh, that's nasty, man. Get some leaves. Cover that up. Watch this. They can't even deal with themselves. And then they can't deal with each other. And then they show can't deal with God. To the degree that where they hide and they compartmentalize their life. That's where it started. And ask yourself, how many spheres of your life do you compartmentalize? Because you don't want to deal with it. Or because you don't want one sphere to have to interact with another sphere. I wonder. Now, now, now you, you, you theologians in the room, y'all may, y'all, y'all, y'all may call this eisegesis, and, and, and I can take the challenge in the office. Or, or you, 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 may, you may call it conjunction, but listen, my, 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 my ponder is that what if after Adam ate of the fruit, he was like, hey, Dad. He was out here walking around, and that snake was, he was talking to her, and I was like, hey, shut up. (laughs) And he went away, but then she was like, daddy, eat it. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And so I ate it, but I I know you told us not to, and, and I'm sorry. I wonder if the curse would have been as severe. If instead of hiding their sin, they were transparent with it. That I, I, I know you told me not to. I know, I know, I know, but, but can you help me? I wonder would we all have failed? I'm going to step off that because some of y'all looking at me crazy. But I wonder... How many areas of our life would be better off today if instead of us compartmentalizing it away from God, we gave it to him? What if, I wonder how much more integrity would we have 
if we allowed all our friends and family to meet each other? Oh, you feel me, Danita? You feel? I wonder what would happen if, 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 if old girl had to meet your mama. I wonder what would happen if everybody at school came to your house and everybody at the house came to. I wonder what would happen if, if the workmates and the family members congregated. We would have a different level of integrity in the living of our life. Because we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to, to and I, I just read about this, I heard about it, I don't know it, but I heard about it. We, we, would, we wouldn't be able to, to support work spouses. You read about that? That's real spit, as my wife would say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we wouldn't have the compartmentalization of self because everybody's in the room. And then we would just have to deal with those pink, awkward elephants. But the beautiful thing about it is, when you deal with it, watch this, you're able to get off the ball. When you deal with it, then the, the ground beneath you becomes less volatile. When everybody in the room know what needs to be known, we have, we have, we have better conversations. Now, here's the thing. You might be mad for a season, and that's okay, but at least we all know what you're mad about. Remarkable to me how people come into a room all pissed off and they ain't had a conversation. How am I supposed to know? But what if all of these balls that we juggle just ended up in the same place? Let's move forward. I'm, I'm, I'm almost out of your way now. Ah. And, and, and I want to say this before we, before we get out of here. I do believe, I, I do not believe, brother, I do not believe, this is, this is another philosophical thought, I do not believe that we have to rid ourselves of our emotion in order to handle business. I, I was taught that, I was taught that. You put your emotions aside, you handle your business. And you don't, you don't let your emotions dictate your choices. I, 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 the more I'm evolving and the more I'm growing and the more I begin to engage with different cultures and, and, and different mindsets, I'm beginning to realize that, that emotion is not a bad thing. It's only bad when we don't control it. Because see, what we, what we call emotion is really out of control. I just got emotional. No, you got out of control. You lost it. You, you wilding out. But emotion, if properly managed, is good. Can I give you a biblical reference for it? See, it was Jesus' emotion that caused him to become compassionate. And it was his compassion that caused him to do a miracle. And it was his miracle that caused people to believe. And it was their believing that built the church. So if we be honest, the church was built off an emotional response of the progenitor of the church, which is Jesus. So if we handle it right, emotions are okay. But you have to learn how to manage them. So you can't just be popping off at the mouth all the time. Now, this doesn't mean you don't feel anything, but you manage your feelings. You got to be in control of them. Don't let them control you. So that's why some of us got to give it. Now, now, you may think it's crazy. You may think it's all oh, that. That's some, that's some Buddha stuff. That's some, that's some, you know, I can't do that stuff. No, some of us need to get in the mirror. All right, now listen to me. Okay, James, we're not going to trip today. We're not going to cuss at nobody in the car today. Look, look at me, James. Look, James. 
You're not going to strangle your kids this week? You're not going to drop nobody at the job? Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I see you, James. All right. Get it together. Self-talk. Some of it, uh, you need a Bible, don't you? The prodigal son says to him, self. <laughs> Your mom will tell you, that you can talk to yourself, just don't answer yourself. But you need to have some self-talk. Because some of us, the reason why we're still in the same predicament that we're in, here it is, because we've had a conversation with everybody else but our own self. Man, am I, I'm in the right house or am I, do I need to go down the street? You need to talk to you and you need to convince you. You don't need to convince me because I'm not with you. But you better make sure that you convinced of you. And so true balance does not come from the proper management of various spheres of one's life. Rather, it comes through the perpetual merging of one's spirit, soul, and body. You see this picture that they're going to put on there? It's going to be a picture of an individual, and, and, and he's, in, he's, he's, he's in the throes of all kind of stuff going on. People are zipping by him. Everything is happening by him. But he's at a place of center because there is the merging of body, soul, and spirit. You are a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. And anytime your spirit is not the thing that's managing everything else, you will be imbalanced. But the moment you allow your life to begin to be managed from the spirit to the soul to the body. The spirit is the perfect part of you. The spirit is the you that looks most like God. The, watch this. Here it is. Oh, this is heavy. The spirit is the you that can't get sick. The spirit is the you that can't get cursed. The spirit is the you that the enemy can't touch. But many times we allow our soul and our body to dictate what happens. But the goal of these next few weeks is to get us to the place to where we begin to, we begin to find balance by operating from the spirit to the soul to the body. Your spirit ought to tell your soul what to feel. And your soul ought to tell your body what to do. Not the other way around. I said your spirit ought to tell your soul what to feel. And your soul ought to tell your body what to do. And that's how we find balance. So can we go on this thing together? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 22, or 23 rather says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify you how? Completely, wholly, fully, or in other words, balanced. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the goal. 
This is what Jesus wants us to get to. This is, this is the goal, that, that, that we, don't, we don't find balance in, in, in managing all of the various things you got going on. No, you find balance. You will, you will develop balance. You will create balance in your life when you allow your spirit to inform your soul and your soul to inform your body. And anything that comes around you that is contrary to what your spirit is saying, you repel it. That's important. Don't miss that. Anything that goes contrary to your spirit, you repel it. Because see, many of us, we're entertaining stuff right now that our spirit has been saying, hell no, hell no, hell no, 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 stop, no, no, that's terrible, no. But our soul like, ooh. And our flesh like, ah. <laughs> and so now, we're into things that we're trying to find our way out of because in, instead of letting the soul, I mean, instead of letting the spirit lead, we allowed the soul and the body to create a consortium against the spirit. And so this is why some of us, the only time we feel the presence of God is when we're in here. Because this is the only place where the body and the soul are like, shh, spirit's talking. Here's, here's, here, here's, here's, here's the, the text I want to share with you. Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 through 7. Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 through 7. Get that, get that in, on, on, your, on your device and, and get it on your screen. Get it in, 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 your, in, your, in your Bible. Listen to what it says. The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word he who is weary. Morning by morning, he awakens me. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. I turned not backwards. Now, here's where all y'all going to start cussing at me. Verse 6. I give my back to those who strike, my cheek to those who pull out my beard. See, y'all thought it started with Jesus, huh? My cheek to those who pull out my beard. I hide not my face from disgrace or from spitting. Verse 7. But the Lord helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. We're about to get out of here. Nestled in the writings of Isaiah, who... Many classify as, as just like the prince of prophets. He, he, he is, he is uh, uh, quoted more than any other of the prophets. Nestled in all of this, this messianic uh, prophetic word, there is a, a, just a cornucopia of focus principles. And I just want to give you these and let you go to your Father's Day brunch or lunch or dinner or dinner. He says... <laughs> Uh, the tongue of those who are taught. Here's the first principle. Remain teachable. Remain teachable. This, it, it, I ain't got a bunch of deep stuff. I, I didn't give you all my deep philosophical stuff already. So this, now this, we're just going downhill now. We're in a go-kart. We're just pushing. We're just going to roll down. Remain teachable. The moment you get to the place where you cannot be taught is the, mo the moment that you will lose focus on what's before you and start looking inward. The moment nobody can teach you is the moment you shut your eyes to the outside. And then you become the authority on everything. 
But the, the, the bad part about that is you're not an authority because you don't have the knowledge concerning certain things. Come here, I remember how Kanye went to Sway. You ain't been doing the education. You ain't got the answers, Sway. <laughs> the reality is that we got to remain teachable. Don't lose it. If you with somebody that know what they're talking about, shut up and listen. Take the lesson. God is opening my eyes, and I'm, I'm beginning to sit with people in different realms and different things, and I'm like, wow, let me shut up. Like, oh, you know, you know, I'm a bishop in the Lord's church, and, you know, the, you know, the scripture says, no, I, I need to know how this money moves. So what is this ecology thing going on? So what are we, what are we talking about with these, what, what is this land deal about? What is, what is... As long as you remain teachable, you will have the ability to fortify focus. Then he goes on to say, I, I, I'm taught, and so then I'm able to sustain with a word him who is weary. Listen to this, because this this I, I, I pray this don't break anybody's heart. Somebody's going to feel lightened. You're going to feel free about this. Seek to encourage more than you inform. Because see, some people aren't at the place to where they can ascertain your information. And so some of us need to learn how to just give an encouraging word and move on. Don't, don't miss this. Don't miss this. Here it is. Because when we inform, we then have the responsibility of understanding. If I inform you of something, then I have to wait around to make sure you understand what I've informed you of. But that's not always what God is calling for. Sometimes God just wants, you know what? The Lord will make a way. Somehow. Now, I know that seemed real churchy, but sometimes that may be just what people need. And so you have to discern the moments when you need to encourage as opposed to the moments where you need to inform. Make, make sense? All right, let's move on. You got any questions? At me. Then he goes on to say, morning by morning, he awakens me. He awakens my ears to hear those who, I mean, awaken my ears as those who are taught. Listen to this. Posture yourself for daily inspiration through daily devotion. Posture yourself for daily inspiration through the process of daily devotion. See, we're not just telling you, oh, you know, get on the prayer call and, you know, and, and, and read the scripture today or, or go to this, this version app and do this and do that. It, it's, it's not so we can say, wow, look how many people we got reading the Bible. Wow, you know, I just love waking up early in the morning and praying on the phone with people in my morning voice. No. It is, it is the practice of devotion that puts us in the place to where we are sensitive to the spirit of God. So that he can give us inspiration. Some of us, we're empty because we're trying to pour out to people, but we have not been poured into. I promise you, you're going to use everything you got today by Tuesday. And if, and if, it's, re if it's a really rough, heavy day, you're probably going to use it by Sunday night. 11.53. Like, listen, Bishop just said. 
Now you, you need to go back to the, like, well, where is it? Did they repost it yet? Where, call Danielle. Dude, post it. You need a daily regimen. He says, morning by morning, I set my ears to hear the Lord. And so you need a daily regimen because watch this. That's what helps you focus for your day. When you meet with God, it's almost as if you have a daily briefing with the Lord. He says, okay, today we're going to accomplish this. 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 And this is, I'm believing you. And I'm going to send people your way. And you're going, thank you, Father. Yes. And you're ready to punch Monday in the mouth. But if the first thing that you do is scroll, you're on Instagram. Now, Instagram is, is, is inspiring your life. Your text thread is inspiring your life. Your email is inspiring your life. ESPN. CNN. The Shade Room. You know, whatever, whatever it is, that's now informing your life. And watch this. Whatever informs your life will be the pool that resources you. But, it, but them, them, them TMZ waters are pretty shallow. So I will, I will posture myself for daily inspiration through daily devotion. The next thing he goes on to say, he opens my ears and I was not rebellious. I turned not backwards. Okay, you have to obey what you hear. I'm willing to, this, this not my, I, I, it's my firm belief that the majority of people in this room are more spiritually apt than you want to acknowledge. I'm willing, I'm willing to bet money. You shouldn't bet. Okay. That you are, you hear more from God than what you say you do. But the reality is you don't want to acknowledge that you heard it because you don't like what you heard and you don't like the implications of having to do what you heard to do. So you'd rather lean on the fact God's not talking to me. Can you pray for me? Because you're going to believe that maybe I can pull up David kind of thing. And I can pray off the evil spirits. I can pray off evil spirits, but I cannot pray off methods of discipline. I can pray the devil off your back. But I can't pray the undisciplined out your soul. You got to work that out. And so... Whatever you hear God telling you to do, you have to do it. You have to do it. I, 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 remember, I remember sitting, sitting with my pastor, and, 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 and when he was here earlier this year, and he was talking to me, he was like, he was like JT, listen, man, you just got to do this. Because he was saying, he was sitting in front, listen, th there was a, a, a multi-millionaire, I'm talking about like, like in the hundreds of millions, sitting across from him. And, and the Holy Spirit, they're in, they're in this nice this up, up, up class stand. I mean, just beautiful meal. And the Lord says, this, this multimillionaire, hug him. You know how much this man worth? Yeah, he got bodyguards sitting over there. Hug him. Goes to the bathroom, wash his face like, Lord, I know you didn't just tell me what you told me to hug this man right here. He went out, finally was obedient. The man looked at him and said, so I'm yours now. And whatever I got to do to help your, your destiny come to pass, I'm going to do it. All of my resources are at your disposal. I'm now your father. 
from a hug? <laughs> Just like, Come here, Lord, tell me to hug you. No. <laughs> the reality is that sometimes God will cause you to do something that is uncomfortable. But it may be the very thing that's connected to your destiny. So the question is begged, what uncomfortable thing has God asked you to do lately? And how many excuses have you given the sovereign for why you can't do what he said? I just can't focus. My life is everywhere. No, 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 no. You just don't want to do what he didn't tell you to do. Because on the other side of you being obedient is every other step. Obey what you hear. No matter what it makes you feel like, no matter what it makes you think, no matter what it may, it may cause people to look at you different. But if you be obedient to the Lord, they will only have one ultimate recourse. He has helped, for the Lord has helped him. She has overcome, for the Lord has caused her to overcome. And so you have to find your way to the place to where you just obey. Even if what God says contradicts what everybody else is saying. Karen and I were in the closet. <laughs> and I said, uh, did anybody tell you not to marry me? She looked back like, plenty. I said, well, I'm glad you didn't listen to him. Ain't you glad? Ain't you glad you did? I am glad. That's right. You'd be glad. The reality is this. Sometimes what God is causing you to do will contradict what's going on around you. But you got to be willing to look like a fool to be in alignment with Christ than to be cool with everybody else and not on speaking terms with the only one that can change your life. Obey what you hear. Obey what you hear. Here's the next one. He says, and this is hard. He says, I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheek to those who pull out my beard and I hid not my face from disgrace and from spitting. What? This is Isaiah. Here's the principle. Aggression, animosity, and even altercations are a waste of time. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. You don't believe me. But it is. It's a waste of time. Because anytime you engage with these things, you lose focus on what God has called you to do. Y'all remember Nehemiah? Building a wall, hammer in one hand, sword in the other. Sandballot, Tobiah, Geshem, come down here. We're trying to holler at you. We're trying to holler at you. Hey, man, I'm doing a good work, so I can't come down. He, in, in essence, he just red boxed them. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, block. When we engage in this, these manners of aggression, in this animosity, in these altercations, we miss biblical blessings that God has already built into our life. You didn't know you had aggression insurance, did you? You didn't know that when you, when you crossed over into life with Christ, you literally had altercation insurance. Exodus 14, 14. I'm almost out your way. Exodus 14, 14. Listen, listen what the scripture says. 
I will fight for you, says the Lord. And you have to only be silent. Put it, tab, put it in the King James Version. Because I, I need you to see it, how the old church seen it. Because the King James Version says, The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. Don't miss this. I got my peace. Whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. Blase, blase, blase. Over there. If, if I give them my attention to fight, I got to put down my peace to pick up my peace. And then I wonder why I ain't got no peace. The biblical principle is this. When you engage in those things, you have to give up your peace. And I don't care what you say to me. You're not worth me exchanging my peace. Especially if you're bigger than me. You might bust my mouth. Now I got to bust the lip and no peace. This is foolishness. I'm short. Forgive me. I, you know, I don't. I'll go on with that. Go on, get him, Jesus. I, I, I ain't got time for that. Even my big friend, man, no, big homie, don't even, don't even do it. But when you engage in this, you give them your peace. But what about them, though? What about them? Don't worry about it. Romans chapter 12, verse 19. Listen to what the scripture says. Beloved, never avenge yourself, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. You ain't got to worry about them. Because the reality is God got it. This is, here's it. These are principles of focus. The enemy wants you to stop your grind and start giving them your attention. So now you in a Twitter war that don't put one dime in your bank account and you're missing billable hours. I'm good. Yeah, they said such, they said such and such, and he said such and such. Bless him. They said they gonna come to the house and they gonna. <laughs> I'll be here. Because if they come to the house, they the one that gonna need prayer. The reality is this: we have to. Not waste our time with it. Listen, I, I declare for the next, the next six months, you will tone down the aggression. You will let go of the animosity and you will avoid altercations. I'm not talking about telling truth. See, telling truth is not an altercation. Telling truth is just telling truth. An altercation is when we get into the arguing of truth. I ain't got to argue truth with you. Truth is going to be truth before and after this conversation. It's going to lay right there. And the moment you're ready to face it, it's going to be right there like, hey, what's up? I'm truth. Why am I fighting with you and you still like trying to hold on to a lie? May the Lord watch. He goes on to say, the Lord helps me. Therefore, I have been, uh, I have not been disgraced. 
The Lord helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Here it is. And this is for all of us. Catch this. Seek divine intervention prior to human assistance. Too many times we lose focus because we bring too many cooks into the kitchen. And now we spend 20 minutes looking for paprika. And the recipe ain't even called for that. But because the assistance that you called into the room. Come on. Okay. 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 You want somebody to help you with one thing. And you now you call it. Now you got to explain that one story six times. Ooh, am I preaching in the room? For $20? I'll wait on God. I'll position myself to the, to the place to where I let God be God and move. I'll get out of my pride. I'll, I'll stop tripping off my first world problems. And acknowledge that if God is with me, I shall have. Now, I may not have everything I want. But I promise he will supply your needs. And so before we keep tweeting everybody and, 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 and putting ourselves out there for all of this stuff to where we lose our focus, how about you just stay in the lane and say, God, you know where I'm going. You know what I don't, you know what I don't have. You, you, you know where I'm going. I remember my grandfather telling me the story about when he was, when he was younger. He was younger and he, was, he knew he had to go somewhere and, and, and his gas was, was on E and he, and, and he, was, he was in an area where it was, it was rough and, and the, uh, uh, not, not rough as it relates to game, but rough as it relates to, to racism. And, 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 and he, he said, I, I can't stop at this gas station because them, them good old boys going to get me. And, and, and right before his car runs out of gas, uh, uh, there, there's a man on the side of the road who says, uh, I got this gas can and the Lord told me to give it to you. Now, had he stopped at the gas station, he was going to risk dealing with a racial altercation. But because he stayed on the road and kept going, the Lord allowed free gas. I got free gas and no altercation. But I had, I, if I would have stopped, I would have had to pay and be accosted. I'm not saying don't let people help you. I'm saying stop going to people first. Who's your God? Who's your father? And if he don't respond, what is that saying about your need? Because I'm not divine. Your neighbor not divine. And so they go, they go, oh man, what can I do? How can I help? But there's some things God will allow us to go without for a season to teach us to fortify us. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. Remain attentive to your objectives. When he said I face, set my face like a flint, it's like a rock. Remain attentive to your objectives. You got some, you got a couple of weeks left in June. I hear God saying, if you just focus up, you could finish that project before June is over. I don't know who needs to hear this. If you just focus on your, I, I, know, I know everybody got everything going on and everybody invite you to everything. I know everything is being celebrated. Amen for all the celebrations. But is your work done? And if your work not done, you're going to need to give some regrets. 
Talk back to me in the church of Jesus Christ. I know it's your cousins, aunties, uncles, brothers. But when will you say my objectives are important enough for me to make a sacrifice? How many things are waiting on your shelf right now? How many things have gone unpaid because you're trying to celebrate something? You gonna come out like that on Father's Day? He says, I know that I shall not be put to shame. Here's the last thing. (sighs) Unity with God brings us to a place to where we get to an immunity to shame. When I'm unified with God, nothing shames me. You got to drive like this. You got to live like this. I'm doing it with Jesus. So you going to wear that? Yeah. You going to do it like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, see, when, you, when you're responsible for your own life, you got to keep up airs. I'm not trying to prove nothing to nobody because Jesus helped me. Jesus is my help. And so now I don't have to acquiesce to a cultural standard that says I got to live or be a certain way to be accepted by you. When I am united with Christ, I have an immunity to shame. Now watch this. Because not only is it God, but now I'm I'm a part of a community that believe the same thing I believe. And so now in, in the context of that community, while folk on Twitter and folk on Facebook and folk in your family sometimes may not get it, when you begin to live in community, folk like, okay, we all go eat dinner together. Yeah. Instead of going to get that pay loan, we just going to do this because we're together. I know that's deep, right? But the reality is, is that when we start making these changes, we will find an area of focus wherewith we will be able to accomplish the plans that God has put in us since we were young. I hear God saying, I'm about to redeem the time, and as you apply these principles to your life, thank you, God, I'm going to hasten the thing that should have happened already. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray divine focus over your sons and daughters. Cause them to focus up. Focus up on what you want them to do. Focus up on who you want them to be and where you want them to go. Allow these principles to resonate. And even even if we have to go back and listen to it after this, and we have to begin to, to study it again, Father God, allow us to get to the place where we live from the spirit out and not from the body in. So we declare divine balance. We declare divine focus. And it is so. In Jesus' name. Amen. Did you receive something from the Lord today? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Were you blessed by the message you just heard? If so, please leave a review so others can glean from the lessons you learned. And if you would like to help us continue ministry, feel free to give at hvcla.com. We love you, family.